0: If you're living and breathing, God's been good to you. If you're saved, God's been good to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles tonight to Proverbs 29. I initially had this message on my heart for this morning. And God switched that thing around for whatever reason. And uh, the one I was going to preach tonight, I actually preached this morning. And Glenn liked it pretty good. He said, I would get paid this week. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but, I, you know, God does what He does for a reason. And I have no r- of way of knowing. I just try to be obedient unto the Lord and, and let Him uh, do the work in, uh, in our hearts. Amen. And allow Him to minister to us in a very, very special way. Proverbs chapter 29. You have your place in the Bible. All right. let's stand for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message. Proverbs chapter number 29 and verse number 1. Very, very important scripture for those that are saved to know about and for those especially that are lost without God. That are lost without Jesus Christ as your Savior. Very important piece of scripture. Proverbs 29 and 1. He that being often reproved. Hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. And that, without remedy. Crossing God's deadline. You don't want to cross it. We'll explain here in just a moment. Let's pray. Father, God in Jesus' name, we count it an honor and a privilege to be in your house tonight. God, we thank you for this good crowd that's come out to hear the word of God and hear the songs of Zion sing. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, that name which is above all other names, Lord, that you would come down in our midst tonight. Dear God, help us to preach your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would undergird us with your spirit and your power, dear God, to where we may preach to an ever-dying world, dear God. And Lord, if there be one here that's lost and undone, doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, God, I pray that tonight would be the night, Lord, that the Holy Ghost of God would blow out the gate into their soul and God they would have to come to an altar of repentance before it's everlasting too late God we believe in old time Holy Ghost conviction but Lord we know there's going to come a day when the Spirit of God will not always strive with man and God we pray as a warning tonight that none of us would cross that deadline but God we need to get the lost saved and we need to get them to the cross of Calvary God I pray that you would just give us the words of wisdom to speak unto your people tonight in Jesus precious holy name we do ask and pray and all God's people said amen amen Amen. thank you you may be seated the scripture again here in the book of Proverbs chapter 29 in verse 1 is fairly simple and do please listen carefully to the word of God he that being often reproved hardeneth his neck in other words he knows what's right and he knows what's wrong and whatever the way the Lord may begin to to deal with that individual. They continue to reject God as He continues to deal with their heart. That's where we are. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Listen, folks, I'm here to tell you I'm concerned about people in these days in which we live. I'm terribly concerned about those 5,000 that was expected in a new building on the west side of town. Uh, this morning when we probably as free will Baptists probably had a hard time finding 500 if you put us all together and I began to wonder about that 5,000 is that is that what people want do they do they want popcorn machines do they want a place where they can wear their flip flops uh, where they can wear their short shorts uh, is that a place where they want to go uh, and go into that house of God what's supposed to be the house of God uh, and hear a man talk vulgarly behind the podium uh, I'm here to tell you that's a safe sacred place. Uh, listen, whether it be wood uh, or whether it be acrylic, uh, it's a sacred place. Uh, we need to keep it sacred. Uh, but I'm concerned about what people are getting today. If some of those 5,000 would have been here last week, they would have been in a shock. Amen. They would have got the good stuff. Boy, the way God manifested Himself in this place. uh, I'm here to tell you folks, uh, that's old time conviction. Uh, That's old time Holy Ghost preaching. Uh, That's old time Holy Ghost singing. Uh, And people tend uh, to throw this scripture out uh, when we we began to talk about crossing over God's deadlines. Uh, A message of this sort was preached by the great evangelist J. Harold Smith many, many years ago. God's Deadlines. I believe he entitled it God's Three Deadlines. That's not what I'm going to preach to you today. That's not what God's given me. But he has showed me four specific things uh, in Proverbs chapter 29 at verse 1 that we all need to be aware of. Uh, And how do we come to this point Uh, uh, to where people will no longer uh, listen to the call of God upon their lives? Uh, I'll never forget it. Just a few weeks ago, uh, uh, preacher Earl Hendricks and I were talking, uh, Brother Wesley, and He said, "Uh, "You know, I just don't understand it. It it seems like God's not calling more men into the ministry to preach the gospel." He said, "It seems like God's not calling, or if He is calling, the young men are not listening, and that may be so." And I spoke up. I said, "Preacher, God may not need no more men." Yeah, yeah, that's right. What do you mean by that? We're getting out of here. Yes, sir. What what would He may need for more preachers for, huh? Why well, would he may need? He may not need that. But my friend, I see four things here in the Word of God about God's deadline that would be very informative to you to know, to where your lost family can know, where your lost friends can know. What brings about what we're speaking of? here in the Scripture, what brings it about when He says, "He that often being reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and without remedy." First of all, I see us spiritual conviction i was in a revival service uh, uh, just a few weeks ago and the man of god i thought done a great job uh, and when they gave the invitation uh, he asked the people in the pew uh, he said if you're lost raise your hand and apparently there were some hands that went up uh, he says if you're lost and you raise your hand i uh, pray this prayer and he began to pray that prayer and then then and the people in the pew supposedly prayed that prayer and uh, then he said okay if you prayed that prayer raise your hand and they raised their hand and he said Okay, poof, you're saved. Yeah. I'm old. I'm old. Wow. What happened to brokenness? Yes, sir. What happened to the drawing of the Holy Spirit of God? I'm not against people raising their hand and saying that they're lost where we can pray for them. And you know, I I just have questions about that kind. Because I don't know for sure that they understand what they're doing. Or if they're getting what God has called them that needs to be calling them to do. So folks, they could leave just as lost as they came in. If God did not draw them, they cannot get saved. We have to understand that tonight. How does God reprove? How does He reprove an individual? He does it through the moving of the Holy Spirit of God. He does it by the wooing of the Holy Ghost of God. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that's what convicts me when I'm wrong. That's what speaks to my heart uh, uh, when I'm in the wrong or when I've got sin in my life. Uh, preacher, you got sin in your life? Well, listen, the Bible tells me we've all sinned and come short of the that's glory right. of God. And that means nobody's perfect. Yes, Chances are you and I all probably have sinned since we've been in the house of God. Yes, sir. I mean, that's the truth. Whether it be sin of omission or sin of commission, both of them a sin. Sure. According to the book of James, both of them are sin. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, uh, but but the Holy Ghost of God is what uh, comes about an individual that's lost it. I remember my first experience with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I felt like I was going to choke to death. Uh, I felt like I couldn't get down to an altar of prayer quick enough uh, and let God save me. Uh, and boy, when I asked Him to come into my heart, uh, a new man resurrected. Uh, my heart was cleansed from the inside out. Uh, and thank God I hadn't wanted to go back out in this dark, dreary world anymore. Uh, I wanted to serve the King of Kings. Lord of Lords and I wanted to do it because He is my Savior He's my Savior that's one way that He reproves you or that He convicts you it's through the Holy Spirit of God but do you know that God will speak to you through sickness tonight listen to the Psalmist David in Psalm 119 verse 67 he said before I was afflicted before I was sick before I was afflicted I Went astray. I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. So sickness came about. You see, sickness is a sign that our bodies are dying and we need to be saved. I've seen a lot of people that that's what it takes for them to be saved. They have to be placed on their back before they can get saved. Before they will look up, they have to be put on their back to look up and forced to look up and see the hand of God moving in their life. It beats all I've ever seen. Some people it takes a whole lot more than that. Some people it takes a near death experience to come and know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. It sometimes takes a a near-death experience or or things running through their mind where they think they're going to die before they'll ever turn it over to God. But God uses sickness to speak to people. It's a sign that our bodies are dying and we need to be saved. Folks, you start the process of dying as soon as you're conceived in your mother's womb. We continue to die daily. But you know God calls you through not only that, He continues to call us through sorrows. Amen. Sorrows. I don't understand why people will get wrapped so up much up in their sorrows. One thing that I've learned. I was saved in nineteen ninety three, and there's one thing that I've learned that I've learned to lean on over the last many years that I've been saved. Even though in my sorrow there's one I can yeah. trust yes, sir. Yeah. that sticketh closer than a brother. Yes, sir. They'll always be there with us. No matter how many surgeries you got to have. No matter how many times you're in your pity pot. No matter many times how sorrowful you get. And how much your heart breaks. Or how many times somebody's talking bad about you. It does not matter. God uses sorrows to bring you where you need to be. Whether you're saved or lost today. You see, saved people have to go through sorrows. uh, And maybe a lot of that is because God sends it your way uh, to get you on your knees to move you closer into Him. To where you can be more effective uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom. But boy, I tell you what, God also uses the sweetness. Sweetness to talk to you and to speak to your heart. I know one man that was lost as lost could be. He was lost as a ball in high weeds. Uh, He was a very successful businessman in Chesterfield County. He had a private jet. He had a helicopter to bring him back and forth to work. From Charlotte to Chesterfield each and every day. Had anything that he wanted in life, but he lacked one thing. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. I went to his home one day. I said, "Sir, uh, don't you know it's appointed under man wants to die, and then the judgment." Uh, I believe you're a good man, and he was. He'd done things for churches. He'd done things for the community. He helped people all that he could help people. And I began to get, began to witness to him. And I said, "Sir, look how sweet God's been to you. Uh, look how good God's been yeah. to you." Uh, and oftentimes we'll sit around and wonder why does God bless the wicked, uh, and uh, when He should be blessing the godly. We wonder. We wonder. And we wonder why God blesses those so much that don't live for Him. And yet those that do live for Him, it seems like we struggle. But you know, don't forget the Scripture said, God reigns on the just and the unjust. So remember that. And I began to talk to him that day and I said, Sir, do you just understand what God's given you uh, and the sweetness that He's been to you, uh, how sweet He's been to you. And boy, it didn't take but about a couple of weeks later I went back by to see him uh, and eyes had began to cry and to shed those tears as they would run down his cheeks. uh, And he'd say, Preacher, you're exactly right. Uh, God's been awful sweet to me for me to deny Him uh, and to turn Him down. I want to get saved and I want to get saved today. And we knelt down in that 300,000 plus home uh, that he had uh, and that helicopter sitting out there on the pad uh, and we began to pray uh, and he graciously accept Jesus Christ and His Savior uh, that very evening. Uh, folks, sweetness will even speak to you uh, yes, sir. Amen. Yeah. by the way of His sweetness. Amen. Amen. But He uses, of course, His servants too to speak to us. Yeah. Amen. We had the man of God speak to us this week. Yes, sir. Yeah. He was being a servant. Brother Wesley was used this morning and and the Lord used him to speak to people. Don't forget to pray for the servants. Amen. We're just here for a short while. We're just passing through trying to get from point A to point B. We need to listen to the servants and allow that spiritual conviction to come through them by the way of God. I can't convict you today. But the Lord Jesus Christ can by the way of His Spirit. Amen. I see a spiritual conviction here in the Scripture. But number two, I see a stubborn rebellion. How do people rebel? Or how do they harden their necks? First of all, through procrastination. That right there is the devil's number one, number one way that he gets people to remain lost. Procrastination. In other words, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I've got plenty of time. Don't you worry about me, preacher. I've got plenty of time. I'm young at age. I've got good health. Listen, I've seen perfectly healthy people fall down dead where they stand for no reason at all. I've seen perfectly well people die immediately at the impact of a car wreck. You've got to understand we're not promised tomorrow. Matter of fact, the Scripture tells you and I to boast not yourselves of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Listen, we may all be gone before this service is over. I got to thinking just the other day. They've been spending two weeks looking for an airplane. And the people in that airplane. How long will they look for us? When Jesus comes to get (laughs) us. How long will they look? How long will it take for them to register that the Lord's done come and got us? How long will it take from the register yeah. to know uh, that we are done on that Holy Ghost journey toward heaven, my friend? Uh, boast not yourself of tomorrow, for we know not what tomorrow yeah. today may bring forth right. through procrastination. If he, He'll get in an individual there in the pew, and he'll tell him You've got plenty of time. Listen yeah. to this gospel preacher, and you can listen to this one too tonight if you want to. He'll tell you, You don't have enough time. That's right. You don't know that you're going to have enough time That's through procrastination. But also through pride. Stubborn rebellion comes through pride. Yes. Yeah. Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goeth before destruction. Yeah. And a haughty spirit before a fall. Yes. Yeah. Folks, through, the, through pride, people won't get their hearts right with God. Right. Right. And the devil, after he's finished his uh, procrasti- playing his procrastination card, he begins to play the pride card. And it begins to speak to those that are in the pew, and it begins to say, Now you know people are going to look at you if you go up there and you pray. Yeah. <coughs> oh boy, I don't want people to look at me funny. Yeah. Right. I suppose last week there was a lot of people looking at us funny. Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. Yeah. There was more people in the floor than there was in the pews. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just couldn't sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Pride. Pride will destroy people. Right. I know some people this very day uh, that they're letting pride destroy their spirituality and all they would have to do is humble themselves uh, just one time and say, I'm sorry. Amen. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Preacher, I don't say I'm sorry just to anybody or anything. Listen, you better have a forgiven heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Jesus had. Yeah. Yeah. And the last time I read, if you're not forgiven... You might be in trouble. Huh? Uh, For He's not going to forgive you if you can't forgive another. Listen, I know in the day in which we live, there's people that's hurt. Uh, They get hurt in church. Uh, They get kicked to the side. Uh, They get not cared about. Uh, I understand that. Uh, But listen, you don't have to answer to that one that's been offensive. You have to answer to the King of glory. And you have to answer to Him and Him alone. Uh, So do what's right. Stubborn rebellion procrastination, pride. But then when he finishes playing the pride card to make us stubborn, he begins to play the pleasure card. There's pleasure in righteousness in God. Alright? But the devil plays this card here. You know you're going to have to give up all these things if you get saved. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. That's what he begins to tell you. After he's done played the procrastination card, after he's done played the pride card, he begins to talk about that particular subject, pleasure. You can't go to the places that you used to go. You can't drink the things you used to drink. You can't go back and work the place you used to work and live that kind of life. So you might as well just stay in your pew and forget about it. That's what the devil will tell you. Yes, sir. That's what He'll tell you. And He'll tell you loud and clear. But I got news for you. If you'll get saved, you won't have to give all that up. He'll take it from you. Yes, sir. Listen, I've seen the lives uh, of some wretched sinners in my days. Uh, I'm talking about from people that lived alternative lifestyles uh, to people that were drunkards to people that shoot dope up in their veins. uh, And yet when Jesus comes sweeping through their heart, uh, it made a change in their life. uh, And they're still changed today. we got to trust that. we got to trust that. And they give it all up. Because see, when Christ truly comes on the inside... When He truly comes on the inside, the old man dies and the new man's resurrected. My friend, I'm here to tell you, there's no room for stubbornness when God's calling you. When God's calling you out. You see, there is pleasure in righteousness and in God's presence. According to Psalm 1611, the Bible says, Thou will show me the path of life. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there is pleasures forevermore. Boy, I'm telling you, I wouldn't have gave last week for anything. How many of y'all had a good time last week? Listen, I'd have rather been here than any jail in Sparkburg County. I'd rather been here than any honky-tonk in America. I'd rather been here uh, than any ballpark. Golf club house fishing hole you name it I'd rather been here yeah. Yeah. why? <laughs> because there was pleasure yes, yeah. How can that be pleasure? hey listen all I know is that when the Holy Ghost comes blowing yes, through sir. we just got all excited yeah. in the Lord and we just we just knew that things was happening amen yeah. and things did happen. And God blessed, and God touched, and you're still riding that wave tonight, and I thank God for it. But we've got to know that stubborn rebellion will get in the way of what you need to be doing with God. Yeah. But I don't only see spiritual conviction and stubborn rebellion, but I see a sudden destruction here in this scripture. Yes, sir. He that is often, he that is being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. Destruction of the mind. i have always tell people this, an idle mind is a playground for the devil. You see, if you're not serving the Lord the way you ought to, and you're not busy in church like we ought to be, and you're sitting around with a lot of idle time, that's when Satan begins to deal with your mind. And He may cause you to go over to that computer and turn it on and look at things you ought not be looking at. He may cause you to uh, look on Facebook and try to find your old girlfriend from high school. That happens. Did you all know that? Yes, sir. I was talking to a fellow just this past week. Matter of fact, it was on Tuesday afternoon. I talked to him right here in this church. He'd been married for 10 years. Thought there was nothing wrong with his marriage. And he told me, preacher, I need you to pray for me. My wife of 10 years, she decided to go find her a younger man and a more wealthier man. I said, is that right? I said, don't tell me how it happened through the computer, right? Yes, sir. She looked it up on Facebook and found her old high school sweetheart. Yep. Yeah. She on. flew to Chicago, Illinois, to meet him, and now she's going to move in with him come June. Come on. I said, "You got to be kidding me." He said, "No, sir, I'm not kidding you. That's destruction. Right. Yes, sir. You're right. An You're idle right. mind. Yes, sir. And I don't mind. And I just wondered if that family was in church serving somewhere and hearing the word of God and hearing these warnings that were given to you tonight. Uh, maybe that could have been avoided and yeah. that marriage could have been saved. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder, uh, but that sudden destruction will come uh, and it'll come through delusions. Uh, I want you to understand and know that number one, uh, uh, the devil will blind you to what's right. Yes, he will. People today are spiritually blinded, uh, going down this road of destruction. But let me turn the tables just a little bit. Listen to the Scriptures in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. And if you'll read up and about verses 9 and 10 of that same chapter, you'll come to understand and know that God has dealt with people And God is dealing with people, God is loving people, God is wooing people, and God is drawing people. But listen to what it says in verse 11. And for this cause, God, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions. That they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In other words, what happens, folks, is this. God will love you and will continue to love you. He'll continue to draw you by the way of conviction. He'll begin to woo you and just massage your heart to try to attempt to where you would be saved, to where you'd become a Christian. But after a while, we don't know how long that is. It may be different from others than you know, you can't just judge that tonight. You don't know when God's going to withdraw Himself from dealing with an individual. But the Bible says that it can happen. And the Bible says that it will happen. And God shall send them strong delusions. That they should believe a lie. And they'll begin to go in the wrong direction. I have about fed up to hear of people claiming to be right with God. And yet they don't live like they need to live. Now listen, I'm not, listen, I just believe in living right. I know when God saved me, He changed my life. And I wanted to be different and I wanted to live different. I'm not perfect. And neither is anybody in here or anybody anywhere else. But listen, when God's done for you what He's done for me, you'll want to serve Him. You'll want to praise Him. You'll want to believe in Him. You'll want to just do all you can for Him. And my friend, that's where I'm at tonight. I know that He saved me from a devil's hell. Right. But there are many people in this day that have been so fooled. They believe that they're doing what's right in the eyes of God. Yeah. Yes. But yet they can't go home without beating their spouse. Right. Right. There's people that think they're doing what's right in the eyes of God, but yet they can't put down a liquor bottle. They think they're right with God and people's told them that they're right and people's told them that it's all right. I'm here to tell you they've been blinded by one or the other blinded in this world and sudden destruction is going to become Sudden delusion and strong delusion is a baggage that comes with sin. You see, I have noticed this about sin and the Scripture tells us this as well, Brother Wesley. When an individual is tied up in sin and they continue to sin and God continues to convict. He'll convict. They'll get convicted. They don't repent. He'll convict. They'll feel it. They won't repent. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Sooner or later, that person that's under conviction in their own mind will all of a sudden believe that what they're doing there's nothing wrong with. Yeah, that's right. And that God's going to accept that. Yes, sir. Yes. That's right. God's not going to accept any sin. Yes, sir. That's right, whether it be lying, that's right. whether it be stealing, killing... Homosexuality, whatever it is. Listen, God's not going to accept any sin tonight. Any sin. It's going to bring destruction. And people will think that it's alright. And there are churches in America today that will stand behind podiums and say that it's alright. I'm here to tell you on authority of God's Word, it's not alright. Destruction. Sudden destruction. Sudden destruction. Destruction of the Spirit comes through desertion and the bible tells us in John 644 no man can come to me yep. except the father which has sent him draw me right. and i will raise him up the last day that's right and Genesis 6 3 and the lord said my spirit shall not always strive that's with right. man amen preacher have you ever seen it I've seen it It's a sad story when you know of an individual that is on up in age and they'll sit in church service service after service after service and they'll never respond. They'll never get saved. I'm talking about a man that's on the top of my mind tonight that was about 82 years old the last time I knew him. The last time I spoke with him. 82 years old, I began to talk to some people in the church. That man had been going to church there his entire life and has never professed to be a Christian. You could even talk to him and he'd tell you that he was not a Christian. Yeah. But he would come to the church, uh, he would grab a hold of the back of the pew uh, and he would sit there and he would listen, uh, but he never would make that move toward the altar. Yeah. Never would. And I began to wonder about him. And then as the years went by and as the months went by, I noticed there was no conviction on his face. And he would sit there. And I would go and I seen him in that little house trailer in which he lived and I knocked on his door and I went in there and I said, Buddy, listen to me. I'm concerned about your soul. You're 82, 83 years old. Uh, You've apparently been under conviction. God's dealt with you for a long time. Uh, Can you just give me a reason why you wouldn't be saved? Why you don't want to be saved? He said, Preacher, up to a few months ago, I probably could have been saved. But you read in the Bible where that God has to draw you to be saved. I said, Yes, sir, that is right. You can't get saved just any time you want to. You'll get saved when God draws you. When God begins to convict you in your heart, that's when you can get saved. And I began to talk to him about that. He said, Preacher, it's just been a few months ago. God has stopped dealing with me. I did not know what to tell him. I did did not know what to do. But cry out unto God to please put him under conviction. Several months went on by. The man still never had any conviction in his heart. Far as I know, the man never did gain that. He died and went to a devil's hell. I don't know, but folks, that's the way it looked. That's the way it looked. Destruction of the Spirit through desertion. The Spirit will desert you at a certain point in your life, my friend, if you continue to reject Him. Amen. That's the Word of God tonight. Yes, it is. But then you got the destruction of the body through death. First Samuel chapter 20, I believe it is, in verse number 3, and David swear, moreover and said, The Father certainly knoweth that I have found grace, In thine eyes. And he said. Let not Jonathan know this. Lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord liveth. And as thy soul liveth. There is but a step. Between me and death. Do you know that we are all in that same boat tonight? we We are only a step. Between us and death. Yeah. Just one step. It's a sure step because it's coming. Right. Whether we all want to agree with it or not, we're all appointed to die. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's a sure step. It's a sudden step for some because they don't know it's coming. Amen. Yeah. It's a, a startling step because the family has no idea that they're going to lose that loved one. Yeah. And for some, it's a scary step. And probably for us all, it'll be a scary step because we don't know exactly how that is going to affect us when we do pass. That's right, right. I mean, we can all believe and know that God's going to help us through and take us over to Chile, Jordan. And that sounds awful good to me. And that's the way I want to believe it. Yeah. But you know what? There are some things that are just unknown. Yes, Amen. You know, when we cross over, what is, what is it going to be like? Is it going to be the bright lights? Is it going to be the great city that we're going to see? Or is Jesus going to be the first one that we see? What is, how is it going to be? There's just some unknowns that's not to, that we've not been privy to in the Word of God. I can tell you this, though. I believe it's going to be as simple as Jesus Christ reaching out His hand and you crossing over death yes, just yeah. as simple as it could be. Hey. I don't believe a child of God will suffer through it. I don't believe He'll fight it. I believe He'll go on to be with His Maker. Yeah. Boy, I can believe it would be a sweet step for the child of God today. Oh, Amen. Yes, yes. Sweet step. When we first and foremost be able to lay our eyes on the King of Kings, the Savior of the world that saved you and I, we can look upon His face, look at the nail scarred hands, uh, and the scars in His side on His back. Listen, He said He's returning in like manner. But listen, if we go by the grave or we go by the rapture, we'll see Him and know Him as He is. But lastly here, I see a settled destiny. Yeah. The destiny is those last four words in verse number one. Yes, sir. That without remedy. Yeah. In other words, today, folk, there is no second chances. It's appointed unto man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. You can't go back and make up for not being saved after you've died. Yeah. You can't go back to that place and and hope that you get saved or hope that things change once you're already in a literal burning hell. It's not going to happen. If we still want to come to Jesus, though, if we still feel conviction that the Lord Jesus sins by the way of the Spirit of God, we have not crossed God's deadline. If conviction still bothers you. If you know that you need to do something different in your life. You have not crossed that line. Amen. And I'm not saying that it's a simple thing to cross that line. But there is a deadline and God will give it to you. Yes, sir. Thank God for Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name Amen. of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. I'm glad I'm a whosoever. <laughs> that whosoever's me. I read something today by Charles Spurgeon. It said pretty much this. I can't quote it verbatim. It was a pretty long article. But some of the things that I read in there was this. And this was what stood out into my mind. You'll never be a great soul winner unless you begin to shed those tears. The sweet tears that God only understands which is a language that God understands. We'll never be a soul winner unless we shed the tears for those that are dying and going to hell. Church, if you can just look at the news, you can decide for yourself. If you know anything about Bible, if you know anything about Bible prophecy, you can understand that the days are coming to an end as we know them. Up and down this old rugged cross are lost people that still need to be saved. I don't know if any of them's crossed that deadline or not, but I know there sure are a lot of people still up here. Those marked off in red, glory to God, they've been gloriously saved. And we can claim victory over the devil on that. But I'm here to tell you tonight, church, there's people still dying and going to hell. We can't stop witnessing. We can't stop telling them about the goodness and graces of Jesus Christ. We can't stop telling them about the glories of heaven. But we can't stop telling them about the terrible tragedies of hell either. Amen. Hell is real. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hell is real. A place where the worm dies not. A place where the fire is never quenched. You don't want to go there. Yeah. Amen. The soul will live forever. In one of two places. It's either heaven or it's Hell. Although this body will be dissolved and go back to the dust of the earth, worms will consume it. That soul's going to live forever. Yes, sir. And you have the determination or you have the free will to choose. When God draws you and when God pulls you and when God convicts you, you have a free will choice of either accepting Him or rejecting Him. Yeah. That's it. Some people wonder what free will Baptist means. That's what it means yeah. free will. You've got a free will. Right. You've got a free will to choose Him or reject Him. Yeah, yeah. We don't believe in predestination. That's right. You've got a choice. That's it. God's give you a choice. Yeah. And to me, it's not a very hard choice to, to understand. Amen. It's either heaven or hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfection or damnation. Yeah. You pick it. That's right. It's up to you. If I could get along with each and every one of you, and ask you, would you rather go to heaven or would you rather go to hell? I believe everybody in the sound of my voice would say, I want to go to heaven. Yeah. But you know what the sad commentary on this is? Everybody's not going. That's right, right? There may be some here tonight that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. If not, this message is for you. Yeah. I want you to stand as they come around and get us a song of invitation. I want you to bow your head and Close your eyes if you would. Just for a moment. Listen to this preacher. As I try to give you one last warning. I don't want you to die and go to hell today. I don't want you to die and, and go to that place of destruction where the fire is never quenched and the worm dieth not. And if you're lost in here today, you don't have that personal relationship for Jesus Christ, this message may have very well been for you because it wasn't for anybody this morning, I can tell you that. And all I can do is deliver the mail. It's up to you whether or not you're going to open it or not. It's up to you of whether or not you're going to accept it. And for you, dear saint of God, remember what C.H. Spurgeon said. Remember that. And know that we still have lost family. We still have lost friends. We still know people that are dying and going to hell. Uh, and they're going there quick and fast. Because they won't turn around and see the conviction of God. Yes, sir. God. One of these days God may, con- may stop completely convicting them. There may be one day where God completely withdraws Himself from that sinner. And they'll listen, they're lost. The Bible says you have to be drawn to be saved. You have to be pulled. There has to be some brokenness. There has to be a drawing from the Holy Spirit of God. And let me say this to you, Christian. Don't forget what Spurgeon said. You'll never be a soul winner unless you shed the tears. Yes, I believe we ought to gather around an altar tonight and begin to shed some tears of people that's lost and undone and that need help tonight. If you're here lost, you need to be saved. We're going to say a prayer. You can slide out as people are already coming. You can either come now or you can wait. But do me one favor today. Do something. Just don't sit there. Either trust the Lord as your Savior or come down and pray that somebody else will get saved. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for Jesus and Him dying on the cross of Calvary. Lord, we've got people in our midst. and Lord, we've got people on our minds uh, that we know are lost and undone. And God, we pray You'd save them tonight. Lord, listen to the heart cries of these people. Father, I pray in Jesus' name You'll help us, dear God, to do that which is right. And God, I pray, Lord, that You'll move about in this place. And dear God, I'll thank You for all that You do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.